Welcome to the Michael Smalley Comedy Hour. Because I'm impulsive and slightly unorganized, I only came up with this show idea on Sunday, which means this is Tuesday. So I've had a couple of days to get more organized on it, but I'm a, you know, I'm a fire, I'm a fire aim ready kind of guy. So I didn't put a lot of thought into it, but day two is going to be much better. I've got something special planned for you today. Each day, I'm going to give fun tips for your family during this home quarantine time. One tip will be legit, and the other is going to be real messed up. You'll have to figure out which is which. It just depends how twisted your brain is. Of course, I will share a weird, funny, or messed up story from my life that will be true, or will it? At the end of my story, you can comment on whether or not you think it's true or fake news. I mean, a fake story. Sorry about that. But first, before I get going, a moment to beg for your money. I know, my staff knows, this is truly a hard time for everybody. Everybody's scared, which I want to remind us all, calm down. We're going to get through this. We're going to survive. But... You still, be, you still might be wanting some help. So that's why we have launched, for the first time ever, the Smalley Virtual Intensive Program. So they're here, and you can find out more information at smalleyinstitute.com. And since live events will be coming back, bring a poor comedian to your church, organization, or even your family home. I'll take it all. It's really easy to book one of my events just go to smalleyinstitute.com and click on host an event. So there we go. That's the intro. Don't forget, like this video on Facebook and uh, Apple Podcasts. However you're listening, give us a shout out, a review, five stars preferably. So let's get going. Because now it's time for real or messed up family tip of the day. So these, these tips are meant to help you pass the time away productively and in a fun manner. So tip number one, and, and remember, and you can comment on Facebook if you're watching this, to see which one is real and which one is fake, okay? The first tip is marshmallow tinker toys. So here's what you do, folks. You get a bag of marshmallows, and some thin pretzel sticks. That's all you need to build this perfect puffy pal. A 3D house, that'd be amazing. Mine would not end up being 3D. I don't know what it would turn out to be, but it wouldn't be 3D. Or even a teepee. I think I could pull a teepee off. Your child simply skewers the marshmallows with the sticks to create his own masterpiece. And to the fun, or add to the fun, by placing toy pigs or other animals in the house and challenging your child to be the big bad wolf and blow it down. So that's tip number one, marshmallow tinker toys. Here's tip number two, which could be equally valid and equally true, or it could be fake. This tip is called the big bad wolf. Ooh, sounds like a fun game. Now this game is amazing. Here's all you have to do, find a real life big bad wolf, and release him in your house. Make sure you have all the doors shut and locked, and I'll tell you, you might even consider adding a padlock to each door 
and swallow the keys so no one can wimp out and escape the game time fun. The rules are very simple. Your goal is to be the last family member alive by finding the perfect place to hide from the actual wolf. Last family member standing is the champion forever. So which one of those do you think is real? And which one do you think is fake? All right. So that's my family tip of the day. And it looks like I'm still getting a watermark on my video, so I'm just going to keep going. And uh, we'll hopefully get that fixed next time. So here we go. Now we're into story time. Remember, the whole point of this thing is just to bring some joy, some laughter in your life, and uh, hopefully make you smile. Because there's not a lot of reasons to be smiling right now, but never forget, God is actually still in control. So we're good. But the story... So I'm a 46-year-old grown butt man, and I am terrified of the dark. Why am I terrified of the dark? When I travel in hotels, I have to have a light on somewhere. In my own bedroom at home, I leave the closet light on so it's not totally dark, or the TV on so I can have some light because I genuinely am terrified of the dark. If, if, if I come up to like a a dark room, I'm not going in until I can find a switch. And as I'm searching for the switch, I'm experiencing profound anxiety, okay? So I got an issue with the dark. And the reason I have an issue, because don't judge me, the reason I have an issue is I mentioned on day one, I do have an older brother. I'm going to name him so you can send him hate emails. Maybe I should even give his cell phone so you could send him hate uh, hate text messages. But my brother is Greg Smalley, and he is five years older. So, you know, five years my senior gave him a huge advantage, right? Especially when you're not as, sh you know, the sharpest tool in the shed. And I'm a little simple-minded. I can be kind of slow at times, and Greg is brilliant. And so my brother loved to torment me. He was actually a great brother, except for this one thing. He loved to scare me. And it wasn't like, boo, you know, coming out of a closet or I'm walking around a corner. He's like, ha, gotcha. And I'm like, wah, which is very easy to do, by the way, because of my brother. No, he took it much, much further. Because his main goal in scaring me was to get me to wet my pants. Yeah, that's true. I'm not even making that up. So my parents, you know, growing up as a wee little lad, when they used to go out on so many dates, and they kind of assumed I had separation anxiety because every time they would go on a date, I'd freak out and be like holding on to their legs and begging and pleading and trying to pants my dad so he'd trip and fall and get hurt and he'd have to stay home. They thought it was just simple uh, separation anxiety, but it wasn't. It was a complete and utter fear of what my brother was going to do that night. And so just some of the links that he would go to is, you know, they'd leave. Once it got dark enough, he'd sneak outside, go to the main, like, breaker box of the house, and he would literally turn off the power to the entire house. So there's no power. He'd hit the main power master switch, 
And then he'd sneak back in and he would just scurry about like a demon in the night, the house making noises here and noises there. Of course, I'd probably be on the couch in the living room, you know, which was centrally located in that house in Phoenix, Arizona. And I'd be terrified. I couldn't move. And I just kept hearing. Yeah, you never made that noise. But just different things, and he'd tip things over, and then eventually he'd somehow sneak up on me, and then he'd grab me. Sometimes he'd have, like, monster hands that he bought, and he'd grab my face, or he'd grab my ankles, and he would scare the living daylights out of me, and many times I would, in fact, wet my pants. That's why, that's why he would always give me 44-ounce Cokes to drink. Now it makes sense. I get it. I get the strategy. So, I mean, he really went all out. It was kind of messed up. But today's story involves a particularly messed up time when he scared me. Because what happened, okay, so we're all, I'm probably, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. He's got his driver's license. We're having a lovely family dinner. All of us, my parents made it a priority that for as many nights of the week that we were together, we were going to be sitting together, having dinner together. And so we're having a meal and chilling out, and it's kind of coming to a close. My brother kind of stands up and goes, hey, can I be dismissed? I'm going to go to the mall with my friends, right? I want to hang out. My parents are like, all right, just don't get back too late. And he's like, deal. So my brother leaves the house. He goes out, gets in his car, drives around the corner a little bit. We lived in a cul-de-sac. And then he parks for a second. He goes into the bushes that are underneath my bedroom window where he had previously in the day hidden a full-blown, expensive Hollywood version of Freddy Krueger. The whole thing, the hat, the the mask, and the mask like went over his entire head. Uh, The the sweatshirt, the claws. Remember those razor claws? (laughs) Yeah. And he proceeds to put the costume on outside. Now, remember, this is around 5 p.m., 5.30 in the evening. And then he opens my window because also earlier in the day, he had gone into my bedroom and unlocked it. Mm Mm-hmm. This is twisted. So he opens my window, crawls through like a demon, closes it, locks it just so for consistency because I used to check that window a lot because I was a paranoid kid because of my brother. And then he proceeds to slide, or dare I say slither, under my bed. There he waited for nearly two hours before I was put to bed. That is, that is committable. He should still be in a psychiatric hospital, but instead, do you know what my brother is doing? He is literally the equivalent of the Pope in, in the marriage and family industry, because he is the vice president of marriage and parenting at Focus on the Family, which I hope someone listens to this, and he loses his job. No, I do not want him to lose his job. So he waits under my bed, dressed as Freddy Krueger, for two hours. And finally, my dad takes me, used to tuck me in a lot, so he takes me into the bedroom, and he's like, hey, buddy, I love you. You know, have a great night's sleep. I'm like, thanks, Dad, because I still hadn't gone through puberty yet. Thanks, Dad. This is such a safe and wonderful home. Thanks for creating such a, a, a safe environment. And then proceeds to shut my door, 
turned off my light because I wasn't totally terrified of the dark yet, but this night would change that fact forever. So there my brother is. He's been waiting two hours under the bed, and he has a thought. He goes, huh, I wonder if I waited longer and waited for Michael to be drifting off to sleep. Because you know the noise you make when you're you know, first starting to sleep. is like... And so he waits another, probably not too long. I can fall asleep fast, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I'm just now drifting off to sleep when out of the dark, from under my bed, I hear, Michael! And I'm like, my eyes shoot up. I'm like, what in the world was that? And I look down under my bed, and I see this red light coming out. He had purchased a flashlight that could turn red, and he turned it on. So now I see a, a hell-like, uh, a dimly lit light of red coming out from under my bed, and I'm looking down going, what in the huh? And that's when the Freddy Krueger hand comes up from under my bed, and he goes, I got you! And he grabs me, rips me off the bed, and then shines the light towards his face, and I am now staring in to the actual face of the devil. And, I mean, I literally, I was like, what is happening? It's true. There are really monsters under the bed. And then he starts scratching and clawing at my face. He's trying to bite me through that mask. And I mean, I lose control. I am screaming. I am wailing. I think I'm about to be dragged into the pits of hell itself. And my father, of course, hears the commotion. So dad comes into the rescue, right? Like swings open the door, like kicks it like a, like a police officer does in the television shows and movies and just flies into the bedroom. And my dad, and for those of you who are listening or watching on Facebook, you might not remember him, but he was Gary Smalley and he was a very famous marriage and parenting expert at the time and died a very famous marriage and parenting expert. So could you imagine the scene that my father walked in on? There he is staring on the floor, his two sons. He had two boys and a girl. And there are his two sons. His oldest son looks like a demonic being. And he's laughing, by the way. And I think it was quite an evil laugh. And there's his other son, 12, 13 years old, laying there in a pool of his own pee. So yeah, Greg definitely succeeded on that one. And now you have a pretty good idea why I am terrified of the dark, which actually is gonna be a theme that's gonna come back from time to time in the show. There was an event my brother and I did together in Washington, D.C., real big event at this huge hotel. Yeah, you won't, you won't believe that story. You're probably gonna say, fake, but... Maybe it was. You're going to have to wait. Maybe I'll do that one tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. I'm working on the notes, but maybe tomorrow. So that's why I am afraid of the dark. Now, I want to start, just because I love doing these kinds of things, I'm going to you know, end each one of these shows with 
the weirdest news of the day. So I've said this before, weird is a positive word for me. I love to be called weird because that's basically one of my main goals in life is to just kind of mess with people and they just look at me. That's the look I'm going for, like, what is wrong with you? So the weird news of the day, uh, and I can't even believe I'm going to share this one with you, but my brother two days ago texted me a link to a story, and he said, and I quote, now it makes sense. I was like, that's weird. So, of course, I click on the link, and to be honest, I'm, I am starting to believe my big brother may have some serious uh, brother, big brother issues. And, and this link is why, because he, <laughs> he texted me a link to a story that was on newser.com, and here's the headline of the story that my brother texted me. Guys, have an older brother? I do. It may play a part in your sexuality. What? I'm like, wait, what? And I read it. And then the tagline to the article says, researchers find men with older brother have 38%, 38% higher chance of being gay than those without. Mm -hmm. That's what I grew up with. He practically raised me when my dad started traveling a lot. That's what my brother sent me. And that is the weird news of the day. Well, we have come to the end of this live broadcast, but I want to take your questions because I like I want to I want to end um, I want to end each live broadcast just answering your thoughts. And like I said, the first day you can ask me anything. I will answer it. And I'm just trying to get to it so I can see your comments. Aha! Here we go. Let me adjust this a little bit. So here we go. Oh, thanks, Aaron, laughing at me and my stupidity. And Aaron is judging me. That's wonderful. Oh, Carol Bester, one of my dear friends from South Africa, she says... No wonder you became a psychologist, <laughs> live-in therapist. That's true. That, that is very, very true. We've got Ray Ivy. Howdy, brother. Thank you. Howdy back to you, Ray. Mario, who was one of my best and dearest friends, still is. Uh, from We met in high school in Phoenix, Arizona, and he has been a major blessing in my life. All right. <laughs> Oh, I because I'm weird, I tend to keep weird friends around me. So Ty Heinrichs, who is a dear friend from our Canacuck days, which is a wonderful Christian sports camp in Branson, Missouri. Um, Ty says, so would you find me attractive? Mm. Now I am immediately regretting sharing that text message from my brother. So does anyone else have an actual question and not a judgment or a mockery? because I'm about to end this live broadcast. Doesn't sound like it. All right, everybody. Well, 
as usual. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you have a joy-filled day with lots and lots of laughter. Until tomorrow, 10 a.m., Facebook live stream, but you can also catch this on the on the podcast. I have actually changed the name of the podcast to the Michael Smalley Comedy Hour. So, new brand. Did that this morning. See ya, everybody.